0: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, the defending, defending, the defending, the defending, defending, undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion. Wildcat Radio 2.0. Bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry, And the Arizona Wildcats men's basketball team has advanced to the Sweet 16. Um, Brett, they're where they should be. They were favored to win these games, but it was not
1: easy to get here to this point. It's March, Adam. No games are easy. I mean, for some teams... Ugh, you know, TCU, in a year where the 8-9 seeds... You know, a reflection of the increased parity of college basketball, as evidenced by North Carolina uh, winning their their matchup. Um, TCU is not a bad team. No, they're not. <laughs> um, they're actually a pretty decent team. I'm. I think that team, bluntly, deserved to be in the tournament m- much more than most of the Pac-12. <laughs> I'm. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill Walton, to the Conference of Champions. Um, you know, and. You can only play the teams that are in front of you, and I think TCU is maybe under as a nine-seed, and there's maybe some other people like that in our bracket that Arizona will have to go through, but they have to play the team in front of them, and even good teams get challenged. I think the 97 team on the way to the national title, I think they had some early games against smaller teams that were tight and like up to the last shot uh, in that season, but nobody, re- nobody remembers that. They remember the... <laughs> They remember Simon Says Championship, right? Yeah,
0: and what we're talking about here is Arizona beat TCU in the round of 32, 85-80 in overtime. Of course, Arizona beat Wright State in a game that I don't think Arizona covered, but it was never really in doubt. Arizona got up to a pretty big lead. Wright State, I think I was in like eight or nine. It's like, okay, I never felt concerned Arizona was going to lose that game. TCU, though, on Sunday, yes. (laughs) <laughs> it was a close game for most of it. First half early into the second, Arizona took a small, I think they got like eight or nine points and it's like, okay, they might start to pull away here. This is what we're waiting for. And then TC storms back. It took a Ben Mather in three with less than 15 seconds left to tie the game. And I'm trying to think of the last time Arizona made a shot like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've, but I remember them having game-winners made against them, but when they needed to make a shot, when was the last time they made one kind of at the buzzer? But then, of course, there's still 12 seconds left, and Arizona smothered TCU. People thought there should have been a foul. there should not have been a foul call there, whatever. <laughs> but Arizona goes on to win in overtime, and people are just saying, like, wow, that was – I mean, it was close. Arizona very easily could have lost that game, and you can make the argument that they should have lost that game. But to your point, Brett, too, that's going to happen sometimes, and I look at this and it's like it's survive in advance to the utmost degree because you know what? Arizona had a close game against a good opponent. They won, so they get to move on. Like, it doesn't mean that they're going to struggle in their next game. Right? They could come out the next game, make 14 threes, and just roll over Houston. Like That's possible. But it's either very way, possible. But either way, they survived. And they showed some things, that toughness that we talked about. They showed in the Pac-12 tournament without Kirk Kreaser, who could come back for the TCU game, where they battled. It was physical. They had to deal with some... Rough play down low, maybe some calls that they did not get. Ben Matherin making great dunks, and he's getting smacked in the face while he does it, and no calls. They didn't get those benefits, but yet they played through it. They made those plays down the stretch. They kept their composure, and, of course, Matherin just played out of his mind, especially late in that game, and they won. So like, would it, I'd rather than win by 25. Like, My blood pressure would prefer that. Like, My Apple Watch, I look back, I'm like, that last hour, the 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock hour Sunday night, ooh, that was, that was a workout. But that's also March Madness and the important thing is winning in Arizona has done that.
1: Yeah, it's you know we we talk about how it's a results based uh business even talking about like jet fish and football and you got to eventually you got to win. March Madness is the purest form of a results based business. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you win, no matter what round, no matter who the opponent, just win baby. Yeah. It's, well do you That's look at it. that, a bit?
0: and we say that, of course, when you win, right? And I, if, if they would have won by 25, would you feel better about them, or does it really matter? Because, you know, I, I still don't doubt this team's talent. Like, they're talented. They have some flaws that they're showing. Like, their, their defensive rebounding has not been great, in certain teams, especially uh, TCU, is able to exploit that. Arizona's free throw shooting was pretty good against TCU, actually. <laughs> like, that they seem to have figured out. They've had the first-half turnovers in both games where they've settled down in the second half of each of them, and I think having Kirk back will help there going forward. But at the same time, Arizona, the other things, the things that they're good at, they've still shown to be good at. So I'm not – I don't worry about them because I know they're really good. And if the biggest flaw they had coming into the tournament was just an overall lack of experience, well, now each of them have two tournament games and especially one really close one. I don't see how they're a worse team now than they were a week ago. I feel like they're probably a better team now, especially with Kirk Creason back in the fold. They're a better team now going into the Sweet 16 than they were a week ago going into the round of 64.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that, and for for a couple of reasons. And to and to answer your question of do I care if they win a tight game in overtime that required a Ben Mathurin three late or win by twenty five? I care zero. I care about winning. Um, if anything, to to your point, I think they're they, you know, getting Kirk Teresa back out there, even though he's I, he doesn't seem to be a hundred percent. Maybe uh, you know, and that's what's thrown off his you know he shot one of ten right. But he's still. Yes, we're
0: going to blame the ankle for him shooting one of ten. He would never do that healthy.
1: I mean, would you? Would you? I mean, he's he can go four of six in the next game, right? That's kind of how he operates. Shooters shoot. Um, but even you know, we've talked about it all season. Where some, you know, what what kind of team concerned me? It was the physical. You know, especially you know the, the people that can push Arizona out of their finesse game. And you saw that against TCU, where Azulus Stabellis was not. He was ineffective, yeah. He was he was not ready for the physical, you know, nature and the that TCU was playing aggressive, uh, I think to steal a Tommy Lloydism, handsy defense. And for a fullist Tubelis is a finesse big man. He just is. And he has to learn and have more and know to handle that and the way you can learn how to handle that is you have to have experience against it and it's not the same in practice. It, it's the same. It's 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 a real thing when you're when it's you know a do or die situation. So, you know he had not a great game. Um, even Umar Ballo didn't have a, a typical Umar Balo game, uh, and he didn't play nearly as many minutes. Christian Coloco... you know, Ooh, what a two games he had. <laughs> Good lord, that, you know, <laughs> the if he keeps playing this way, you know, hello starter Umar Ballo because. I, I think Christian Coloco has not just looked like a first round pick. I think he has an opportunity to sneak into being a lotto pick, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but I think this team learned that they they've had a few challenges where they got punched in the mouth and you know, you you have to you have to learn not to lose and, and learn how to before you can learn how to win, right? And I think those things are related and I think this game was a really stressful lesson in that.
0: It was definitely stressful. <laughs> um,
1: and, like, you didn't even mention, Adam, like, you mentioned the Ben Matherin three, but how about Dalen Terry hitting a three, like... Oh, they needed that, yeah. That three, if that doesn't go down, it, I'm... It. I don't think they're in the opposite. Of course, if he finishes time. that
0: nice pass from Kreese when they were down two, I think, then it's a different well, ball. I mean, sure. was, but that's, like, that, they fought through it, right? They, they needed to make a shot. They did. And, of course, when Ben Matherin's playing like a freaking superstar, like the last team that Arizona had who had a player doing that was Derek Williams, who was just the best player on the floor. When you needed a bucket, you gave him the ball. And that's what he doing with Matherin was just clear out and get a shot off. Like, to have a player who can do that, Arizona hasn't really had that. It kind of reminded me of Alonzo Trier. And just like, sometimes just giving the ball, he'd go one-on, one he'd get a shot off. Matherin's obviously a better player. But just that ability that Arizona hasn't always had on its best teams, Matherin is that guy. And I don't know if we knew that coming in. Like, we knew he was their leading scorer. But he's been far and away their best player. I guess, I mean, I say far away, Coloco's been right up there. But offensively speaking, Matherin has been the guy that you can give the ball to to make a shot. And the fact that he was so clutch on that other three, because it wasn't an easy look. You know, he kind of shook the guy. It was not a, in rhythm necessarily, but he made it work, and he made the shot in the biggest moment of the game. He misses that shot. Arizona loses that game. Oh, yeah. You know, and they know that. So if you're Arizona, I mean, it's a perfect teaching moment, whether they needed the lesson or not. And that, one, you have to play well in the NCAA tournament. Like, and I don't know if Arizona's played particularly well, but you have to play good enough. Like, you, have to, you can't play a bad game and beat good teams, but also just keep playing. You know, whether it's 40, 45 minutes, the game's not over until it is. And I I mean, of the whole team, only Matherin and colloquia had good games. Kyer wasn't bad, but he wasn't really impactful. Terry had his usual, you know, the assists. He had the five steals, but offensively he only made the two shots. Tubellas, like you mentioned, wasn't very good. Pella missed a couple, missed all three of his three-point attempts. They were open looks, and Kreiser so was, of course, one of ten. But they still, man, they still scored 85 points. Granted, it took overtime. But like <laughs> I mean, like they—it's weird because they didn't play a good game, they didn't play a bad game, they won anyway, and I think it's just a, a sign of a really strong
1: team. Yeah, they got out rebounded, which rarely happens, right? They—they
0: they gave up twenty t- offensive rebounds. Oh, twenty. I mean- Granted, they got 14 of their own. I was going
1: to say, 14 for them is actually pretty good. Uh, Like, no one was rebounding in this game. Well, Kirk Carisa gave them ample opportunities for offensive rebounds. In single possessions. Well, I mean, if you look at the stat line, it really tells the story with, uh, you know, Arizona's 5 of 27 on threes. TCU is 6 of 26. So, markedly better and still terrible. Chuck
0: O'Bannon made 5 of their 6.
1: Yeah, it's but like three pointers are are, you know notoriously high offensive rebound categories Mm -hmm. because they tend to go long and you know other guys can get the ball. But yeah, it's I think this was a game of if you if you look back on this, it was a good test. It was a good example of of a, a learning experience for some of the guys to play physically. I think it makes Arizona have that experience where they need to know that it's you know there's. There's no easy. There's no easy stops anywhere in the tournament. No. Um, and it, guess what? It's just going to get harder. It's just going to get more physical. Um, you're not going to get everything going your way uh, in calls. You just got to. You got to. To your point, I think you got to play through it. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it it almost maintains their confidence in a way that they were able to still win even when it was looking pretty bleak before, like the Ben Mather and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. Is, it serves as a reminder that they can't be overconfident. If that makes sense,
0: I, I think so. And you kind of wonder because the the immaturity that they have, is, just just fact that they haven't played on this stage before, these guys. And some people think they're probably a little bit immature anyway, the way they like to celebrate. I don't mind. I'm gonna I'm writing a thing actually for AC to Storm about that. Like no, like they need to be them. It's worked for them. They're not. I mean, they they talk trash, but they back it up. You know, and if that's what gets them going, if that's what they need, then then by all means, I don't care. And having Kirk Carissa back probably won't help matters, (laughs) but for how opponents will feel about Arizona. But, you know, Arizona for stretches looked like Arizona. I think having Carissa back, like his his shot wasn't there. He wasn't taking bad shots. And you'd like to think, I don't know how his ankle is going to be, you know, because it's like the fact he was even back a week after what he did is just seems like a miracle. Like, will he be healthier enough for the Sweet 16 to be a better shooter? But his passing was good. The big Mather and Dunk was set up by a Kirk Carissa entry pass into Coloco. And you can't underrate that that hockey assist. So having him out there also calms things down offensively. They look mm-hmm. like their offense with Kirk Kreese out there, even if he's shooting one of ten. And even that one, because you still have to cover him out there. Like, he is a threat to shoot and make those shots. The next game he might make three or four. And, you know, you've mentioned multiple times on this podcast how we don't know if Arizona, we've seen them play their best game, like a truly complete game. You know, like, they didn't make threes in this game. They made them against Wright State at a pretty good clip. And then all of a sudden, the next two days later, they couldn't make threes. Had they, of course it's a different ball game. You know, If Arizona is better than 5 of 27 from 3, if they're 10 of 27, they win in regulation. Now, if you can make the case... They're 7 thing for, of 27. Yeah. <laughs> and you can make the same argument for TCU, but TCU is not as good a three-point shooting team as Arizona is. So when you look at can Arizona be better than it was against TCU, absolutely. In so many ways, rebounding, turnovers, shooting the basketball, especially from 3, they can be better. We've seen them be better. They're going to need to be better if they want to advance. But at least you know there is room to improve. It's one thing if like that was their max effort, the best they could do. and it was fun. But, of course, if that was the best they could do, they're not a number one seed. So I think as they move forward, it's not going to be easy. But it's important to remember that they are that good. They are capable of winning a game when they don't play well against a pretty good team in TCU who, if they would have won that game, you would have been like, well, tip your cap, right? TCU played tough. They played physical. They were making shots, making plays. I mean, Eddie Lampkin was just a beast in that yeah. game. So, like, I, I, I'm glad Arizona won. <laughs> I like, think it's a different conversation when you win that game compared to when you lose that game. But I don't, yeah, I think Arizona's in a much better position now going to the Sweet 16 than they were going to the Round of 64, in part because of that TCU game and how it went.
1: Yeah, and I want to, you, you kind of touched on it with Kirk Reese, where We're joking that he was such a bad shooter, but he's a great facilitator on offense. But I think even beyond that, some of it's hard to measure in a stat sheet other than you know like the plus minus rating which is flawed inherently like i think he was like, like plus 24 or 26 yeah, right yeah. which is nonsensical for a guy that shot 1 of 10 and is probably Arizona's worst uh, overall defender the guy most targeted by the Imagine he shot
0: like 3 of 10
1: <laughs> yeah um but what Kirk Carissa brings is that swagger is that dog mentality look at what what was it 10 to 2 when he came in Arizona was kind of, you know, and they were they were a little listless. He comes in, immediately gets a charge, mm-hmm. and you know, 2 minutes later they're right back in the game, right? Uh you know, it's within a couple of points. And that kind of emotional leader, especially for a young team, especially for a team that has more finesse guys than power. If you're a finesse guy that plays with a lack of confidence, you're you're you've already lost, <laughs> right? Especially when if, if somebody can get your confidence and try to be physical with you. That's what happened to Gonzaga against Baylor, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Kirk Carisa, his his emotional leadership and that cockiness and swagger rubs off on that team and they respond in ways that it is greater than the sum of his individual skill set parts.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's what makes this team so fun, though, right? Like, obviously, they have a superstar right now in Mather and they have another one in Coloco. And if they can get Carisa to make a couple more shots, or if Dalen Terry, Pella because he made some shots against Wright State, if he can be that guy, then they are really tough to beat. And hopefully those guys do step up because Arizona's Sweet 16 game happens to be, well, let's put it this way. Arizona is number three in Ken Palm. Gonzaga number one. Arizona's Sweet 16 opponent is number
1: two. Thanks, NCAA. <laughs> so, also, also, the game is a three-hour drive from Houston's campus, and it's, you know, a three-hour flight from Tucson.
0: Well, we'll talk about all of that after a break. Welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.1. Brett, before we get into the other stuff, this idea that, okay, yes, the game's in San Antonio, Houston's in Texas, it's not a, like, this wasn't chalk. If Houston would have lost like they were ostensibly supposed to to Illinois, then it's different. So I'm not, I'm not here for that argument people are making. Fair. Right? Like, it's, no, like, it, Houston's by chalk. Now, I mean, you could argue they were underseeded, but That's, by, the, by yeah. the bracket, they should not be in this game. It should be Arizona, Illinois. So just, I just want to get that out of the way. Fair. Yeah. After that, depending on how much you like, pick Ken Palm. And I know we're pretty big fans of Ken Palm. Um, yeah, Houston's number two. <laughs> number 10 in adjusted offense, number 10 in adjusted defense. Remember when Arizona was top 10 in both of those things? Those were fun times. I think Arizona's still a Vegas hit, but only like one and a half, two points. Like it's not a big spread. And there's Ken Palm, of course, thinks Houston's going to win this game. I don't know if there's such a thing as an easy Sweet 16 matchup. Even if you get the Peacocks, you know that might be a tough Sweet 16 matchup in that region. I forget who's got that, who gets them, but Purdue, is, I believe. Is it Purdue? Okay. I mean, it's you got to beat good teams along the way, right? So if Houston's one of those teams, then
1: so be it. Would I? Would I rather be getting a rematch with Michigan in in the uh, you know in the South region? Yes. Well, that would that could come in the Elite Eight. Yeah, You're thinking it Illinois, could. yeah. Uh, Well, I I know I'm I'm saying of just teams that are that are out there that are still surviving. Um, Yeah, I think 538 has you know similar to Ken Palm has Houston a 5248 percent favorite, um, (laughs) which is gives pause. Uh, You know, hopefully the lesson is learned for the Arizona guys to not you know they're Houston's going to come out strong, right? They have a you'd think they have they have a, a. a uh, borderline legendary coach in Kelvin Sampson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they've had recent success as a program. They've had guys that got hurt uh, over the course of the season, but they still keep winning. Um, you know, it's it, I, I believe Houston, the, be, the best description for them is they're going to be a tough out no matter who's playing them, right? Um, I still think Arizona, as I would say, so basically any team still in there. I think they are, at their best, they are better than any other team, you know, unless they're just otherworldly. Um, but, you know, a, a, a complete average to slightly above average Arizona game should beat a complete uh, average to above average Houston game, in my opinion.
0: You would think so. And yeah, Houston, the fact that they're in this position after losing two of their best players earlier in the season is impressive. Now, they're a Final Four team from a year ago. Like, they... They, Kelvin Sampson, they've they've been here in this position. So in terms of experience, Arizona is definitely losing that battle. The question is how much does that matter? Um, Without getting – because, of course, if Arizona wins this game, they get the winner of Villanova and Michigan, which could be a rematch from earlier in the season. I imagine everyone would take that, one, because it means they're in the Elite Eight, and two, because Arizona's shown they can beat Michigan, even though revenge games are always interesting. I know Houston, they like to turn teams over. That's one of their things. And, of course, Arizona has had a propensity for – turning the ball over so that could be problematic but I agree with you like Arizona I mean they're gonna play teams that are good Houston's one of those teams Arizona's really good too there's a reason why Arizona's only lost three games this season you know and I'm sure the fan sport will be there because Texas is you know San Antonio's not that far from Tucson and the way Arizona fans travel it won't be too bad but yeah it's, it's a tough draw but I don't know if there's such a thing as a, a non-tough draw in the Sweet 16 I really don't
1: yeah if you, if you get to the Sweet 16 it's like well Crap, we got an a, a underseeded five seed. That's who you got to play. I mean, were they, were they really an
0: underseated five seed? Just like T.C. was an underseeded. I We, we said because they're winning games. Illinois was the four seed, and it was a battle in that one. Houston didn't even play particularly well against Illinois, too. Like, if you watch that game, you look at the stats. Houston didn't shoot the ball great. They don't make a lot of threes. They don't shoot free throws particularly well as a team. So they have their flaws. There's a reason they're a five seed. It's not just because they yeah. play in a conference that's not particularly respected by people. You know they are plenty beatable, and of course Arizona's size is a problem for pretty much everyone, which is one of the nice things.
1: I mean, to 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 say that TCU might have been underseeded as well as a nine seed. Ken Palm has them at number twenty six as a frame of reference. So sure, mathematically, but that's really, after this
0: game too, right? After they played Arizona, I don't know what they would have been before that game or before I, the tournament. I
1: think it, I think it was highly similar. Fair. <laughs> um, you know, you don't you don't jump this late in the season that much <laughs> off of off of one game. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Houston's going to be a tough matchup because I think they're. I don't think Houston is going to beat themselves, right? They're no. too well coached. They've proven that with how they've adjusted. Arizona's going to have to beat them, and part of that is Arizona means they can't beat themselves. They can't have, you know, they've they Arizona in and of themselves has been a tough out because they have so many places where they can get big games from, mm-hmm. right? Like Tabellus had one of his worst games of the year, you know, and Arizona got two great monster games from Ben Matherin and Christian Coloco. You can't count on one guy to have a monster game all the time, but you know maybe you can expect more from Azulis Tabellus. Maybe you can expect more from Mumar Ballo. Maybe Dalen Terry even has a, a bigger game offensively.
0: Kirk Creasy big... with another week is a little bit yeah. more, you know, Justin, more consistent I, shooting the ball. Yeah, I
1: mean Arizona had two guys that played excellent. Dalen Terry who played pretty well on defense and. Okay, on offense, and then a lot of guys that didn't had had at best an average game against TCU. Yeah. Um. And if you, you know, maybe you don't get the monster performance out of Christian Coloco and Ben Matheron, or maybe you get something pretty close to it because they are, you know, our our resident God Kings. <laughs> um. But I think you should be able to expect and anticipate improvement from at least a handful of those other guys. And if you have that, I feel pretty good going into it. But at the same time, you better, you better bring your A game or Houston's going to come, through, come in and punch you in the mouth and, and really give Arizona a run for its money.
0: Yeah, and the nice thing is it still comes down to Arizona. You know, if Arizona plays well, if Arizona makes shots, Arizona takes care of the basketball, and there's going to be turnovers. There's, one, it's a basketball game, and two, that's Houston's specialty. They're going to force some turnovers. The question is, can Arizona size, will they make their free throws because they're going to get teams in foul trouble? They're going to get Houston in foul trouble, I'm sure. And can they make those open threes? Does Creasa make two of five threes. Does Pella Larson make a couple of just Does two maybe make that first? He often takes one early in the game. When he makes it, it's a completely different story. You know, if Arizona does those things, which they've done more often than not this season, they're not going to get beat. Like, I'm sure of that. An Arizona team that makes 35, 38, 40% of its three-pointers, like, not after, like, make two of five. You know, if they make seven, eight, nine three-pointers, they're not going to be beat by anyone. And I don't think Houston has the offense to beat them that way. And that's the thing. Like, even TCU they're not a team that's supposed to be scoring in the 80s. Like, that was very much an Arizona pace in a game that Arizona wasn't playing well in. So if Arizona can have that same pace against Houston, I like their chances. And the extent that it's nice, and even if Arizona gets down early, I'm not saying they will, but we know they can come back. We know they're never out of a basketball game. So Houston's going to be a challenge, but maybe playing TCU, which is arguably a somewhat similar style physical team, a week ago, or a week before this last, you know, four or five days, will help them, better prepare them for what to expect in this game and also some of the counters that they're likely to see. you got to remember, TCU, they got to game plan all the day in between. Houston, now they get the entire you know, break in between the games to game plan for Houston to understand them and break it down. I know they have advanced scouting and all that, but they really yeah. got to work on some things over the last few days. And again, a healthier Kirk Carissa, I would think, and even his loose to so people would think maybe his ankle is still an issue, it's another week for a hint. So Arizona is going to be in a much better position to play well Thursday against Houston than maybe they were Sunday against TCU.
1: I think that's right, and you know it's another thing not to keep going back to the TCU game, but I think it gives me more confidence heading into this Houston game. You know, Tommy Lloyd was a bit of an unknown quantity as a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, and he made some. You know, I think pretty darn. You know, he's he's made a lot of interesting, smart strategic decisions over the course of the year, putting Christian Coloco on wing players to, mm-hmm. to mess with them, right? Play, you know, most people would be afraid of playing uh, Coloco and Balo, but look at that the, that controversial last play of regulation, if, if you want to call it the last play of regulation or controversial, because I guess there was Dalen Terry's attempted dunk. Um, oh, that would have been a cool call, way to end it. Calling, the, the, the calling for a trap right there uh, was quite... Um, it was a great call in that moment and it's but it's also kind of a risky call right like you you run the risk of giving up uh, if they can break the trap somebody's going to be open somewhere for a chance to win the game and in that situation there is a massive risk of getting a foul called sidebar christian coloco talking about that talking about you know i think it was like keep them outside of your uh, you know outside of your hip you can tell that they've coached these guys up on just minute fu- fundamentals which is mm-hmm. why christian coloco and follow for big guys don't get as many foul calls as you might ex- expect against a more poorly coached team. Those kind of subtle things matter. But I guess my, my larger point is, you know, you're seeing or Tommy Lloyd pulling to Bellis early and playing in minimal minutes. Like one of your star players, like that takes a little bit of ballsiness, right? Yeah. And I think he said um, afterwards, is uh, was probably going to hate
0: him, but it was the right thing to do. They wanted yeah. to win.
1: <laughs> and so like my confidence in Tommy Lloyd as an in-game strategist and making adjustments it's much higher than it was even before this tournament started because of those things, which I think is something that should give us a little bit more um, optimism.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And again, Houston's a very, very good team. Of course, some of the things that are nice is like the matchup wise, there's not really a bad matchup for Arizona, you know, especially they're a little bit more thin. I know they play an eight man rotation as well, but like Kyler Edwards, who's their leading scorer, who's available for them. He's not, he's six, four. That's a good Dale and Terry cover. You know, or a Ben Matherin, if you need to. Like, there's not a type of player who, size wise, matchup wise, Arizona shouldn't be able to hang with. But of course, it's does Arizona limit the turnovers? Does Arizona make shots? If they do both of those things, they're going to win this game. Like, is that someone. Of course, then you would get the winner of Villanova, Michigan, which I I'd like to see that. I don't. I mean, I. In theory, I'd like to see Michigan just because we've seen Arizona beat them, but also I think Arizona can beat Villanova. So like, I don't – like an Arizona that plays well is beating everyone they play save for maybe Gonzaga, maybe, because you could argue that the Zags are better. Even, But it's I think it's a discussion, a debate to be had, you know? But Arizona this game, and granted Houston has the time to prepare for Arizona too, so it's not like Arizona's the only one with that advantage, but I'm just more confident in Arizona coming out ready to play in this one and looking more like the Wildcats we're used to seeing. So I,
1: I think I think you're right, Adam. I, I, I assume we're are not we're afraid of making the playing the predictions game. Yeah, I, I don't I don't well yeah, I don't want to do that, no. <laughs> I, I knew you didn't want to, and that's why I wanted to No,
0: I mean do we, I, do you want to? Not, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough at this point. Like, I'm. We could look at this way as we finish up here with men's basketball before we talk about the women's team in our final segment. But you know, we kind of said last week how what it would take for Arizona to be a successful season. You know, like this is they've made it to the second weekend here, and they're one win away from making your birthday very stressful, which is a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> um, but I, they're a one seed, so you feel like. If they don't make the final four, it's supposed to be a disappointment. But this Arizona team, this Arizona team is a one seed. Like, have they done enough now? Like, if they lose to Houston, they go out there and they lose 75 to 68. You know, they battle. They didn't play a good game. Too many turnovers. They couldn't buy a shot. You know,
1: do you accept to say, you know what? We're cool. Yeah, I think we've already reached the point that you've now called us a fully successful season.
0: So no matter what, they made to the second weekend after winning the Pac-12 tournament, winning the Pac-12 regular season, winning that Invitational in Vegas. Like, they've done enough to be like, you know what? It's house money from here on
1: out. Yeah, I I mean, and that's not even going back to the preseason expectations question. Like, you won the Pac-12, you won the Pac-12 tournament, and you've made the Sweet 16. You know, I'm a believer of, like, you know, in March Madness, the best team rarely actually wins because it's, the survive and advance mentality right and mm-hmm. there's so many teams that are there there's no bad teams in the tournament even even today like some of the, the 16s today are better than they were 20 years ago right yes um and so it's it, at some point you know there's only even if you're i think i said every game arizona plays they should probably be a 65 yeah. 35 favorite in in this in their i think i can't remember if it was the just the south region which i still think kind of stands true except for it's march and weird thing it's like it's like a rivalry game every day where weird things happen mm-hmm. um and everybody is playing with such desperation that there's a reversion to close you know the mean of close games right and so you know some there's some great teams find the ways to win and really find the ways not to lose but also at some point like you know jamel horn three not falling against the uconn that was a great look just doesn't go down, right? Yeah. Um, and there's going to be some things that maybe go your way, some things that don't go your way. The hope is that Arizona can make their best, their own luck as best as they possibly can. Um, but at this point, everything else is gravy. You know, if you get to the Elite Eight, oh, I really want to <laughs> get to the Final Four.
0: With every win you get that comes to you more like, oh, please win the next one, please win the next one. You know, they're a third of the way to where they want to be. I yeah, guess, I mean you know. if
1: if Arizona makes a if Arizona if if Arizona makes an elite eight, it's already like a home run season then and if it's a if they make the final four, it's a grand slam season. And then if they win it all, then like you yeah. know <laughs> what? you're running out of baseball and you, you've you've won the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> you won the World Series hitting a grand slam while pitching a perfect game, Adam.
0: Yeah. Well you mentioned the luck and Arizona of course hasn't had a lot of tournament luck. Maybe that's starting to turn. You know, maybe Matherin making that three. It's not luck, obviously, but they, they got that shot. They made this shot. Maybe Kirk Crease being able to come back and play. And yes, better luck would be not getting hurt in the Pac-12 tournament, but being able to get back on the floor when they needed him and be effective in his facilitator role. You know, maybe the fact that they didn't call a foul at the end of the TCU game, which, again, I don't think there should have been a foul called there. It looked like more of a flop than any type of contact from Dalen Terry. And, of course, backcourt violation. Seth Davis, yes, that's a thing. Um... Yeah, don't get me started on that. I'll go off for 10 (laughs) minutes. So maybe that's just kind of a sign that things are turning, right? You hope so, because Arizona is due for some really good tournament luck, and I hope they didn't use it all up against TCU. But maybe it's one of those, like, you have, like, Coloco going off or Matherin just having a great game. Maybe that's the luck, right? Like like you mentioned earlier, they have so many ways to beat you, so many guys who can step up and have big games. It makes them really difficult to beat. So (sighs) they're playing Houston. That game is about 7 o'clock phoenix time arizona time i think we're on pacific time now on thursday and if they win that game then the elite eight game would be on saturday against either villanova or michigan brett let's take one more break and we come back the arizona women's season ended but you know the future is still bright we're back it's wildcat radio 2.0 and brett as the men's basketball team continues on or hopes to continue on in their tournament, the women's basketball team, they bowed out of theirs. Um, Arizona lost to UNC in their second-round matchup. It was at the McHale Center. It wasn't a particularly close game. Um, Arizona, even their first-round game, they didn't look – I mean, last year, there was a surprising run. They went in this year's tournament with some higher expectations. They were still a lower seed. Kate Reese coming back from her injury. And just they never looked like themselves. They never got going offensively. And there was no magic this year for Adia Barnes's squad.
1: Yeah, I, th- I mean the wind really came out of their sails with Kate Reese's injury, and she came back, but she's clearly playing hurt. As you know, we're recording on March 22nd. I think they announced today she's getting her sur- shoulder operated on. Yeah, I mean, so
0: she, good. I mean, she she gutted through that though. Like she was. Oh, you know, she did nothing. But respect for her.
1: And you know, I think the the sad reality is I think Arizona's women there's they're, they were always were and will be a good team and worth to the end even you know this outcome notwithstanding with a pretty big blowout loss but you know they just they just didn't have it in that game against UNC and UNC played pretty well so you know tip your cap um, you know I think they kind of ended up at a performance level where their talent level, really kind of was guiding them to i.e. they didn't overperform or underperform i think they got to the level that was kind of expected like a borderline sweet 16 team um and that's that's kind of to be expected after losing Eric mcdonald but there's also tons of talent coming through But one th- one one last thing on the, the unc game you know i watched most of it and it was it was painful to watch all the you know what was it like 11 minutes of not scoring or something like yeah, that at one point not very painful um my biggest takeaway from the game, you know, you can flush the game down the toilet for just the missed shots, you know, other than, and, and you can be very sad to see Sam Thomas uh, playing her last game in Arizona, and there's a lot of heartwarming moments of, of people recognizing her, mm-hmm. but the thing that I'm going to take away that is going to last is that last, like, four or five minutes when, I mean, there's no chance of Arizona coming back when they're down, like, 25. They started, you know, they but the way they played those through to the buzzer, you know they're trapping they're pressing they were aggressive oh, they played hard they even... played they you know i think kate reese was guarding somebody even as the clock was running out in the last like 6 seconds she's like going up and trying to p- apply ball pressure where they're just trying to run the clock out you know up until the last the last moment yeah which i think tells you so much about the 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 girls on the team how much they're bought into what adia barnes is selling them even when they're you know even when they're losing they're, they're playing to the end, and that's, that's not that common.
0: No, no. It's the culture that has been established there for Arizona women's basketball where, yeah, it's disappointing to fall short the way they did, especially doing it at home. But, you know, like we've talked about, we know the future is very bright. The recruits they have coming in, the class they have. And, of course, Arizona is still going to be a place where transfers want to come play basketball at. You know, D.F. Barnes is still that coach. So, you know, you're not going to make a Final Four every year. You're not going to win a championship every year. You're not going to have that, just that magic. Last year, Arizona had Air McDonald. She just went off, and she was that type of talent. And you're not going to have that every year. But you're going to have a, give yourself a chance to have that every year. And that's where Arizona women's basketball is at right now. So, you know, nothing but appreciation and respect for that program, the way they played. Sam Thomas especially, she was an outstanding Wildcat. You know, one of the ones who really helped get this program turned around. So, you know, she will be missed. Um, Kate Reese getting that search, she'll be back next season, so that's huge for them. And, yeah, it's, you never like seeing it end early, but it always ends early for you know, everyone but one team. Well, I guess it's the same time for the team that loses in the championship game as the team that won. But unless one team gets to win and their season with a victory, we'll put it that way. That that math checks out. Yeah. So, you know, I I look forward to seeing what happens there. Well, of course, we'll talk where Arizona wins basketball down the road. We always like to have P.J. Brown on to discuss things, you know, what's going on with that program. I'm sure there'll be more to come. Of course, baseball is doing their thing. Chase Davis. uh, Lev had talked to us before about how Chase Davis is that dude, and he very much is. Um, Arizona swept Stanford, who we last saw them eliminating Arizona from the College World Series last year. So, you know, not bad. Not bad at all to see what Chappelle's squad is doing there. Uh, The bats are alive and well in Tucson. So,
1: yeah, not mad about that. Yeah, Chase Davis is looking like a guy who's going to make a lot of money in the majors in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Jeez, he looks every bit... The outstanding talent that he was projected to be. Of course, the softball that team they lost to UCLA. A little bit of a slower start there, but it's a long season and there's plenty of room for them to get better. So, Brett, I think that's. Well, of course, in football too, we're going to talk football. Spring camp is happening. Nothing but positive reports coming out of Tucson. But of course, that's what spring is for. Like the te- the time where you get negative reports from spring football is. I don't think that time exists. So uh, that <laughs> means that that means people got injured. Yeah, yeah. And so far, knock on wood, that has not happened. So hopefully that keeps up. But but I think that does it for this week's episode of Wildcat Radio 2.0. Of course, everyone, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter at Wildcat Radio A Z. Check out that content during games and during the week. There's always some fun stuff coming from that Twitter account. And of course you can subscribe to us on iTunes, on Spotify. If you find us on iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review, we will read that review on the air so oh, Brett hopefully we're doing this again next week talking about a final four <laughs> like, it's still my heart it's just, it's just two more wins right they've won a lot of games this year that's like it doesn't seem that crazy and yet it's really difficult to get there so oh, god I can't even make a prediction for next week so what it's going to be like what we're going to be talking about like hopefully we're going to be talking basketball for sure but hopefully it's more games to come and not a season that was
1: yeah hopefully hopefully it's there's something to be previewing, yes, and
0: not an off season so yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens this week in Arizona again, Arizona versus Houston on Thursday if they win and they get the winner of Villanova and Michigan on Saturday, but that'll do it for Brett, I'm Adam, everyone, have a great weekend. Remember to bear down, bear down.